Hey everybody, welcome back to Six Pod, your Toronto sports podcast hosted by Jacob and Simon. We are back at it. Sunday night, usual pod time. Jacob, how are we feeling? It's been a really busy week, Simon. It's uh it's exciting to see everything kind of go um full speed now. We got the NHL season started and NBA season's in mid-swing, free agency and the MLB is kind of ramping up. So um, yeah, things to talk about this week, which is which is always good for business. Jacob, correct me if I am wrong, but the like training camp for the MLB starts in what less than a month. Um, yeah, pitchers and catchers, month? pitchers and catchers usually report uh, beginning of February. So um, I'm not sure what the date is this year. I don't know if like COVID's changed much of that. I'll do a quick uh, little check, but usually pitchers and catchers are reporting in like three, three, four weeks. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I saw that online somewhere, and I was just thinking, like, wow, that, that, even that, like, even that's a pretty quick uh, turnaround, too, right? Like, yeah. So the first, the first spring training games are going to be February 27th. So for sure, there's going to be pitchers and catchers reporting at the beginning of February. So that's exciting. So Jacob, this is the first episode where we really have something to talk about for all major toronto sports teams right like we're not covering the tfc and we're not covering the argos yeah so the The teams that matter in toronto yeah yeah Yeah. the important teams (laughs) and uh yeah we've got we've got something to uh to discuss in 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 each team so i guess we'll kind of structure this episode like that we'll just go team by team talk about the good the bad the ugly and uh just kind of see how we're feeling about each team um and let yeah, me let's uh, start let's start with Where's the leafs let's just let's just start it off with the leafs Simon, because i know i know you got a lot in your mind there so let me just yeah, let I'm me start off by kind of talking or refreshing the uh the listeners the leafs are two and one right now um with their one loss coming against the ottawa senators um so yeah they're 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 not terrible right now they're looking pretty good actually they've had a couple iffy games so far um simon what's the uh what's let's say two good things you're seeing from the Leafs right now and then two bad things you want to see improved through three games. Goaltending is awful. I'm starting okay, there. So, yeah, we'll start with the negatives. Okay. Um, yeah, 100%. We're a pessimistic uh, a podcast here. So, um, yeah, goaltending is uh, worrisome. Is it too uh, early to Anderson, say trade? Is it too early? I'm All I'm saying is uh, Freddie better figure his shit out because... Yeah. We have a 56-game season where we need consistent goaltending. The so the Leafs have that... put up... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, just no, no. Put, put, throw the stats up there because that's what I'm about to touch, up, touch on. Yeah, so I was just going to say the Leafs in their first game put up five goals. Is that correct, Simon? Correct, yeah. They have 11 goals for and I believe 11 goals against thus far. I think so five, three and three. So they've been putting up. So they're averaging 11 divided by three. Let's say like close to close to four goals a game. I believe it's good. Yeah. Three and three, yeah, three and a little bit. So that's, that's solid. But if you're going to be averaging like almost four goals a game, you, you have to kind of expect to be 
in the driver's seat for most of those games. You can't be if you're averaging four goals a game, Simon, you don't want you don't want to be losing half those games, right? You want to be saying yeah. if we're, we're putting in four points a game, uh, we're kind of expecting to not give up four goals a game if we want to be competitive. Yeah. And you know, I think the Leafs need to have the mentality of if you win, you stay in. I understand Freddie Anderson is, you know, if we're going to label it, he is currently the Leafs' number one, but I see that title shifting to Jack Campbell very quickly if Freddie doesn't figure it out. Um, And, you know, Simon, it's only, uh, it's only you're three games in. Like, calm down, calm down. This is such a this is such a Leafs fan reaction. Uh, no, because this is what Freddie does. He gets off on a slow start, puts up decent numbers, and then chokes in the playoffs. Jacob, let me remind you, this is a contract year for Frederick Anderson. There are high expectations for Freddie this coming season. And the first two games that I've seen him in that was abysmally awful. Like, like atrocious. I. What's the safe percentage? Cause I remember you uh, give me a little number there. That wasn't looking too good. I know on the, like when the Leafs are on the penalty kill, it's in the seven hundreds. Nice. And I believe right now, let's just pull it up. Actually. Where are we? Um, shoot. Toronto Maple Leafs. Stats. Let's see. Player stats. Frederick Anderson. Um, Frederick Anderson has given up nine goals in two games. Oh, my God. He is a, he's at 4.46 goals against average. And he's got a 839 safe percentage. That's a little padded. Like he's not like that is a little bit of a that, like that's not doing it justice. Like he's playing significantly worse. <laughs> like, um, so I think that's the first uh, concern. Jacob is goaltending. Um, the Leafs play a very very high offensive, um, like rush style game, um, and we're gonna give up um, scoring chances. Mm-hmm. We're gonna need goaltending. Any contending team is going to need good goaltending. We haven't had that in the playoffs. We have yet to seen that from Frederick Anderson in a while. And we've never, he's never been consistent. Like ever. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, and like, I want to be clear. I'm not rooting for Freddie to be bad. Like that's also not what I'm like looking for, I would love Frederick Anderson to find his game again. That would be awesome. I would love to have a really sick tandem of Anderson and Campbell where like we can, that we can throw either of them in and we can like get some consistent saves, but we don't have that and we don't have time to figure that out. So that's my first negative. What's your first negative, Jacob? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Um, I'm not as, I'm not as analytical on the Leafs as Simon is, but even I can tell that, uh, through the stuff I've watched and the stats I just read out, uh, that needs to be fixed. If you're going to have, like I said earlier, a team who's who's pouring in the goals and, and going to give up other scoring chances on the own defensive end, um, getting through the playoffs, getting through the midway of the season, you're going to need a goalie who's going to who's going to be trusted and relied upon. Um, and 
you're not going to, you're not going to make it far without a, a solid starting goalie. Right. So um, that definitely needs to be addressed or picked up. So yeah, I agree with you there. What do we got for uh, another? Let's, let's go positive now. What, what do we got for a positive so far? I'm liking the new additions. Um, and I, TJ and I Brody wanna, like, has TJ Brody met expectations to this point. Uh, comparative to Cody CC, uh, yeah, that's not expectations um, we had for TJ Brody. <laughs> that doesn't. You um, can't. No, I, I, I think he had an awful game. Uh, the loss against uh, Ottawa, the first game on Friday, awful. Did not look good. He knew it. Uh, the team knew it. Just was lost out there defensively. Um, but Saturday he figured it out, and I think like. I think like the consistency and like the defensive mind of TJ Brody, like Leafs fans are really going to learn to uh, love and and long for. So I'm content with TJ Brody as of right now. It's just the consistency. He kind of scared me on on, uh, Friday, but I just had to remind myself, Simon, no, small sample size, uh, one game. I like Joe Thornton. Um, he too. Hold on, hold on, really... hold on. Before before you get into forwards, um, we were talking the other day, um, about some defensive pairings, and 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 Brody came up as he's the the partner of Marner, right? And you're like, oh, this is the best partner Marner's ever Riley, had. Riley, Riley, Riley. Sorry, what did I say? Marner. Sorry, sorry. Morgan Riley, um, best partner yeah, he's yeah. ever had. Um, and then we kind of talked about Morgan Riley's kind of like the longest kind of tenured leaf right now. He's not that old, but he's kind of like a vet of the team, right? We were oh, kind of discussing. Is the like the ten like he's the okay? So he is leaf. confirmed. We have the confirmed stat that he's the longest yeah. tenure leaf. Confirmed. Is he gonna end up being the Kyle Lowry for this team, or is he gonna end up being the Demar Derozan for this team? Just for a little more context, is he gonna be the guy that needs to get traded so we can get that piece to get us there, or is he gonna be the guy that actually like puts us on his back, leads this team forward, like? I know we were talking about Brody just now, but a little sidebar on the defensive end. It's so tough because last year he did not have a good year, Riley, right? Um, injuries. Like he was injured um, like kind of in the middle of the season. And I think he, I'm not even like lying about this. Like I think he played like one game before the season got shut down uh, on March 11th. So he was like um, ridden with with injuries last year. Um, if like Morgan and Riley is the player that like he has been, I I, I think he can. He is a, he is so valuable to the team, and so was Demar Derozan. That's not to say that he wasn't, but it's, it it raises an interesting question, right? Like people people were saying that uh, I saw that on, on Twitter and boy, was that a scene these past couple of days with just the events that have taken uh, place. But, you know, people were talking about that, just saying, you know, are we um, overestimating what Morgan Riley is to, to this team? Like, and that I guess hasn't, has never been questioned. Like that we've never asked is Morgan Riley the problem? And I don't think he is the problem. Um, Cause we all know that, you know, problems can be shared about yeah, why this but, team but at has the yet same to time, be successful, but it's interesting. You bring that up. It's interesting. Cause the reason wasn't the, the my problem, question. right? No, but is he, is he part of the solution or is he part of the solution to getting someone else who ultimately 
ends up leading us forward. But anyways, I think, a lot of speculation, right? Yeah, like, let's uh, let's revisit that in like a month because I think we'll really know about how the how his how he looks because for the first three games, man, he looks um, electric. He looks great. I uh, had the game winner in the home opener. Like he looks uh, great. So it'll be interesting to see uh, see what happens there. Um, I just back to the my my uh, one good thing. I, I like the new additions. Um, I love Joe Thorne, just him like in a Leafs uniform and uh, stuff like that. I, I don't know how much I love him on the the first line. I think that may have to grow on me. But I know Keith will adjust as he see fits, not like his predecessor or his, you know, beforehand when we've got Mike Babcock in the in the driver's seat where the lines would never change ever for the entire damn season. Um, no, I'm liking the new additions. I don't really miss Kapanen. I don't miss <sighs> Janssen. I don't miss... Um, CC and, and Barry, that's for sure. I don't miss um, Martin Marincin. I, I don't miss anything. So I, I think those are the, the two things. Like I, I'm liking how this team is constructing. What about you? What's, a, what's another positive that you've seen in, in the stuff that you've watched this far thus far? Um, yeah, I think I know the Matthews Marner line with Thornton. Um, they haven't been producing kind of, again, three games, but they haven't been producing at the kind of the rate we expected them to start out at, but on the positive side, like the Tavares Nylander line, um, I think they've been playing with VC for the most part, right? Not not Hyman. Yeah, no, VC. Uh, Keith likes to um, like Thornton hasn't been taking every shift with Marner and Matthews, and I'm seeing this kind of like near the end of the period, where um, or like after a, after a penalty kill, where he'll throw out Matthews, Marner, Hyman. So Hyman's kind of that like rover floater position, where like if Thornton's not taking a shift, he's Hyman will move up into that top six role. Um, but yeah, no, that second line has been Tavares, uh, Nylander, VC. Yeah, so yeah, I just think they've been they've been really good. And if you look at some of the standings right now, and again, I know early in the season, but through three games, like you got Nylander and uh, Tavares as two league leaders in points already. So. Um, if they continue to play at this level, um, yeah, uh, that's a positive for sure to watch, especially your captain come out to a hot start. And then, you know, William Steelander coming out there, like, uh, that's what I'm saying, something to prove he's got something to prove. So it's great to see to all, uh, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to, uh, two individuals here The one of them, you have a very, very close relationship with William Nylander is a good hockey player and his, uh, his contract's looking great. Um, and that's all I have to say. Just check the stats. That's all. That, we're, stats. Six six pod is a is a is a stats uh, driven podcast. <laughs> um, do I have to give it a, another negative? If you think there's something like glaringly negative, you think needs to be mentioned, go ahead. But if there's nothing there, just say I don't know. Another give thought you week. have on this there'll team? Be, there'll be another three games, and I'll have something else to complain about next weekend. Let me um, let me give you guys a, a little sample of of what I get after a Leafs game. Um, <laughs> it's a little. Is this after the? Know. Is this after the Saturday loss? Or sorry, the Friday loss? This was after I think even their Saturday win. Um, oh no, no, this was after their their Friday night loss. Yeah, this is their um, loss. Sorry about this, everybody. Yeah, so a little dump here. We got 
he told me, oh, we'll never understand this Mitch Marner contract. Um, Paul Marner, uh, Mitch Marner's dad, essentially robbed Kyle Dubas. And in cleaner words, he robbed Kyle Dubas, went on to give me the line combinations he wants to see, um, complained about losing to Ottawa. Then, you know, kind of told me he was listening to Sean Kingston um, out of nowhere. And then we talked about Morgan Riley being DeMar DeRozan all in one night. And then a couple hours later, I get a text, nice little graphic, a list of goalies and their even strength safe percentage since January 1st, 2020, Frederick Anderson being dead last on this list. So, and then we talked about James Harden for a bit, but yeah, Simon's, um, he's a fun guy to listen to, uh, especially throughout Leafs games. So that's just a little taste of it, but yeah, I know you'll have a lot more to say next week for sure. No. And Hey, Leafs hockey's back. And if, uh, if Keith knows what he's doing, Campbell's in net tomorrow night, but we'll see. There's, there's also one thing I, I want to point I, out. I, here. I love Jack Campbell with my, my entire being. He's so nice. Like, what a pickup. Yeah. Like I said, um, I think I said training under, like, watching Jonathan Quick for like a while, right? Kind of having yeah. that guy as a mentor. That's a pretty, that's a pretty sweet backup gig to have. So, yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to the Leafs games. Tomorrow they play Winnipeg. Maybe by the time you're hearing this, they would have won or or lost already, but they should be able to win this game, right, Simon? Yeah, if Freddie can save a beach ball. Literally looked, bro, you swimming out there on, on Friday. Like, literally looked like an out-of-water fish who was struggling to breathe and just was, like, lost. Like a like a like a like an orphaned fish who had no mother and was just sad and had no direction. A sad, ugly, orphaned fish. Like who one gives, of those ugly who fish. Who gives too. awful who gives awful post-game quotes after what, a loss that is say? completely on his fault. Can you read that out, please, before yeah, we move yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Um so I think you compared two quotes to me. Jack yeah, Campbell, I, after after their win, Jack Campbell said, I know it can be a lot better. Thankfully, the boys were amazing tonight. Um, and then after, you know, the loss, Frederick Anderson said, yeah, we can score more goals in a period. I think the belief is that there's always going to be, I think the belief is always going to be there, but it's just a matter of execution. And he's referring to scoring goals. So, you know, take from take from that what you will, but... You kind of want the goalie not to be blaming the goal scorers uh, for losing a game. Especially giving up five goals. I would get it if he gave up like one or two goals. Yeah. And he's like, and like know, I would expect this team to score goals. Like, yeah. Well, and like, don't give or up like five. stood on his head 100%. Or like had yeah. this like unreal game where he was just lights out 100%. Yeah. You know, call your team out. Um, all right. Let's, let's go on to the Raptors. And, and Jacob... I'm going to let you lead this segment or, or this intro just because I'm really conflicted about this team. Like I'm neither like super, super impressed or like, I'm like, let's uh, let's uh, let's trade everyone and, and call it a season. So where are you at with how things have been progressing for the Raptors since last uh, podcast. Yeah, for sure. So 
One thing I'll I'll say is that they are they are looking better than they did at the beginning of the season. Um, they haven't been playing like huge teams. Like their last two games were against Charlotte, so it's not like they're they're beating like the Nets or 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 you know a big team who's who's successful and all. But what they're doing now is at least staying in those games and beating the teams they were expected to be at the beginning of the season, right? Um, if you want to look at like individual performances as well. Some things I'm, I'm really liking to see is Chris Boucher. He is, he has been, I would say the bright spot for this team so far off the bench. He's averaging 15.7 points, uh, one assist, seven, seven rebounds. He has a field goal percentage of 444. Um, he's not shooting great. No, 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 no. Sorry. His field goal percentage is almost 60%. And his three-point percentage is like 48%, which are both really high. So, like, I was actually reading Pascal Siakam's, whose who's three-point percentage is, is 28%. So, my bad there. But he's he's been someone that we can rely on. He's, like, he's looking really confident out right now, too. He's, he's taking shots. You, you don't see centers taking. Um, he's averaging 2.5 blocks a game, too, as well. So, not only is he adding to us on the offensive end, he's averaging two and a half blocks a game. And there's no one else on this team averaging more than 0.7 blocks a game. So he's essentially our whole defensive presence. Uh, If you want to quickly talk about Aaron Baines blocks per game, Simon uh, 0.0. So that's what you like to see out of your starting center, right? Man, he sucks. But yeah, Chris Boucher is a bright spot. Siakam is, is honestly picking it up a little bit. He's, I don't know where the Siakam slander was coming from. Like it was we from you. never had a doubt in yeah. him. No, he, that's true. We were always a pro Siakam. We just pod. knew this. Yeah. hundred percent. We believed in him. His numbers are actually looking like they're not, you know, all-star super, superstar material, but 19 points per game, five assists per game and like 8.3 rebounds per game. That's actually really respectable. Right. And I did mention his, his three point percentage is really low right now, but if he's able to pick that up, like he's looking at some really respectable numbers. Um, Fred Van Vliet's also picking it up quite a bit. He's he's averaging he's our league team leader points per game right now with twenty, um, th- like six point three assists per game, and he's not shooting. He's shooting just under forty percent from three. So Fred is we, we at the beginning of the season, Simon. We said Fred's got to average twenty points a game at least, right, to kind of show that he's he's deserving of this contract, and he's at the most part he's doing that right now. So a couple things still need to kind of come together, but overall this team is becoming. Like slowly but surely, like they're they're getting into these close games. Like even look at before they lost those, they won these two games against Charlotte, um, that game against Golden State, and that game against the Trailblazers. They were leading for most of those games, and at the end of the game, they just don't have they don't have that guy right now who's gonna like put the team on his back and say, okay, um, follow me. And here we go. So unfortunately, like I feel for Siakam, he he had two really close shots, like say what you will about that spin move against Golden State. Like, it, it, yeah, it was unnecessary, but the, the ball almost went in the net. Um, and then that, that game against Portland, like five seconds left, he makes that, he made a really good move in the post and just clinks out. But um, I'm yeah, starting to actually slander, feel... Yeah, I think the slander on Siakam on those two were not, were, was not really like warrant, warranted yeah, per se. I just, there's, I just wanted to hop in there. Let's just say too, there are not a lot of players in the NBA who you can rely on for making that shot like two games in a row, right? Like as I know some players are considered really clutch. You look at like 
Damian Lillard considered a really clutch player. Kyrie Irving considered a clutch player. Kevin Durant, LeBron guys like James. that. Yeah, we'll say LeBron James. Sure, who's that guy? But um, I would say putting those two losses solely on Siakam is is not really fair because he actually has been playing much better than he was at the beginning of the season. So he's he's being smarter with his decisions. Um, he's he's looking a lot more comfortable when he's kind of bringing the ball up the court when he's making that move in the post. So I think if he's able to kind of use like use his head a little more and keep making smart plays, making the plays he needs to make, making the shots he needs to make. Um, Freddie steps it up. Boucher continues to play at this level. Lowry's, of course, being Kyle Lowry, eight, like 19 points a game, seven assists per game. I think we, we might be able to end up fighting for a playoff spot if we continue to go on this upward trajectory. So this week was a win uh, in, in my book for the Raptors. They also look like they're having a, a little bit more fun out there. Someone who's um, still... I think that... Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying like the eye test is something that I think I used a little bit with just evaluating the Raptors. Uh, Siakam specifically looks a lot more confident out there. Um, whether that is a is a inherently good thing, that's, a, that's another question, but he does look a little bit more uh, like himself and a little bit more of player that we saw pre-bubble and if if he can continue to work and find his game like we're rooted like i am despite our our, our satire regarding the siakam slander and I, and I know we've given it to him on this podcast for sure we i i and i can speak for you too i, I think about this like i want to see him succeed and he can be a really 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 good player we've seen him be that player it's just Man, like when it's when it's ugly, it is ugly. Yeah, and another thing, just over like over this kind of Raptors season so far. Yeah, they're four and eight, but those two shots go in the other day were were six and six. So we're not that far off. Um, I'm encouraged by what I saw this past week, and they have Dallas tomorrow, so that's a big game. Uh, if they're able to shut down Luca, who knows? So. Yeah, Raptors. Something that I uh, I wanted to tell you uh, on on the pod, and I had like this like really really weird like epiphany, and I haven't been in this situation since like March. Um, and basically, like what happens is, is more often than not, like Raptors games and Leafs games like fall on the same night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and stuff like that. So, like last year. I would be watching like the Leafs game and obviously they'd be blowing it or CC's messed up or Freddie can't save a beach ball or, or Marner's doing dumbass shit. And so I turn off the Leafs game and like watch the Raptors. And like, I could like nine times out of 10, like Raptors are playing amazing. Like night, like just unreal basketball, the basketball that we saw last, uh, last year on, on that team. And I realized I'm like, man, like there is now a possibility where I could turn to one Toronto sports team that's failing and now turn to another Toronto sports team that is failing as well. Like I haven't been in that situation ever, right? For like the past three or like three years, I turned to a Raptors game and 95% of the time, the Raptors are playing great basketball. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like the past anymore. You know what I mean? 
the past, I want to say like three years. Yeah. For the Raptors, like they were last season, they were the second seed year before that they were the second seed. And I'm pretty sure the year before that they were either, they were top four seed. I'm, I'm, I'm certain they were top four seed. So you're right. Like now it's, it's, you look at the Raptors, they're the 13th seed. So if the Leafs are having a bad game, you can't go, Oh, let me kind of refresh myself. You know, yeah, let feel, me get, feel good again. hundred percent. I can't do that now because now I turn, I'm like, Oh my gosh. The, the Raptors are doing awful too. Like there's now just like a, a, a non, non-win scenario. Yeah. Hey, they could turn it around. So it'd be, Both teams wouldn't can. it be great if we could have, if we could have two teams where you could turn on either game and say, Hey, here's a win. Jacob, have you met or have you seen the Toronto Maple Leafs? All they right. can't and, play all right. all five right. minutes. Okay. We're moving on, but let's, uh, let's not give them credit. Here. I just don't want to get you started again. Last, uh, last but not least, and we're leaving uh, the Jays, uh, the, the last team to talk about because truly there is nothing to talk about. So let's talk about that, Jacob. Why has there been no free agent signings? Why has um, the, 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 I would say, um, focal free agents? Um, are, are not looking to to sign with the Jays. And we talked about this last pod or, or maybe the, the pod before where maybe the free agent signings start happening in the next couple of weeks when these dates are, are more solidified and, and baseball-related revenue is established. Well, the time has come and nothing. And despite Shapiro... Shapiro's big, uh, big rhetoric saying that the Leafs are going to be a uh, Leafs, sorry, Jays are going to be really, really aggressive this coming off season. We have nothing to uh, show for it. So, out of ten, where are you at with, uh, with like a concern, concernometer? Um, I would say I'm around a six right now, because, like, is ten like absolutely just losing it? Yeah, so I'm I'm starting to lose it because we're in talks for DJ LeMayhew. We give DJ LeMayhew a better annual average value salary. Um, we offered, so just for reference, he got $90 million over six years from the Yankees, which ends up being um, 15, 15, right? $15 million a year. Um, where we offered him four for $78 million. And I guess at the end of the day for him, he was either, I want to go to the Yankees or I want a long-term deal. Um, so we gave him more money and it, and it just somehow, even with more money, Simon, we didn't get him. So that that disappoints me greatly because he was the guy I really wanted of all the big free agents. Another really disappointing thing this week was the White Sox signing Liam Hendricks because um, he was actually working out like in Dunedin. He was seen around like the Jays facilities, Simon. Simon, he was seen around the Jays facilities. And he signs like the biggest reliever deal in history with the White Sox, fifty-four million for three years. Um, he's really good. He's like he's actually MLB like put a power rankings out for for relief pitchers, and he was number one. So he's yes, he's very good. But do you want to spend like I don't know what is that eighteen million dollars a year? Eighteen million dollars a year on a reliever? That's no. a lot of money on a reliever, Simon. We pay no. I'm Hunjin answering Ryu that question. Twenty no. million dollars a year. And he's like our highest paid player. No. Hey guys. Um, 
if you noticed the cut, that was probably because we had some technical difficulties. So we're back now, but I'll finish what I was saying about Liam Hendricks. He's, uh, like I said, he was working out in the Jays facilities, seen around the Jays, um, Dunedin fields and ends up signing a massive deal with the White Sox. So it, that probably just came down to money and the White Sox had a lot to give. So I'm disappointed there. And yeah, man, like George Springer's not going to sign with us. I can tell you that right now. I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but he was asking for like 150 over five years or something like that, which is a pretty big deal for someone in their like early 30s, to be fair. But the Jays came in apparently well below his asking price. So I'm not expecting to sign him. I don't know what to expect anymore. So hopefully next week we can we can bring some positive spin back to this, right, Simon? Well, Jacob, there is one thing that has been positive regarding the Jays. Don't say the Shapiro signing. No, I think that's I think the optics of that was awful. <laughs> like I don't I like he he could have signed, but like Blue Jays PR should have been like, yeah, we should probably not post that until we like give the fans like something. Like that was awful. What, no. are, what are we gonna do? Uh, like, ref- yeah, let we sign the guy who signed nobody. Nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe actually, they just wanted to announce a signing. <laughs> so it's not a player, but it's 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 a it's a GM. You know. Um. No, and that is uh. That is uh, Guerrero Jr.'s weight loss. Yeah. That was a shocking picture you sent me, and that actually might make me believe in him again, to be honest with you. He dropped weight. If you guys get a chance, um, where did you find that picture, Simon? Uh, somewhere on, on Twitter. Yeah, if you get a chance, look up Twitter, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It actually looks really encouraging because um, there's like a before and after. The before has him essentially breaking the Jays clothes, like literally bursting the seams. And then the second one has him looking like he actually plays a sport professionally. So a couple encouraging things there, even though they haven't signed anyone, maybe Vlad takes off this year, becomes the guy everyone is expecting him to be. I, uh, I did some research like on how this, how this transformation took place. Cause that is, you're right. Significant. And, and apparently it was his diet. That, that changed apparently he does like work out a, a lot like I, I, that's what his uh his people and what the jays say like apparently it, it's not that um but he made significant changes to his diet um and again this is all speculation I, this can't be confirmed because it's not coming directly from him but apparently his diet was absolutely awful well, if you if you follow him on social media and you saw him during the first quarantine back in like March, April, this dad was like this dude every day on a story, just like mucking a plate. So maybe he's actually turning it around. So good for him. So uh, hey, that's somewhat encouraging. It's not a it's not a free agent. Uh, Take free in agent like the most number. exciting thing that's happened for the Jays in a like in an off season where they said we're going to be making moves. The most exciting thing we've seen is a man lose weight. Yeah, I'm I mean, upset. didn't uh, didn't Hernandez sign a deal? That was to avoid arbitration. Yeah, it's not like it was like a huge thing, but no, yeah, they avoided arbitration with Hernandez and uh, Ross Stripling. Uh, this, if if the Jays do not do something here, 
this may uh, hinder them, right? I, I understand that. And I know that sounds um, like very, uh, like, like a given, but uh, uh, what I mean by that is like, you know, the Jays were very, very happy with how this past season turned out, right? Just making it, getting some uh, very, very brief, but still post postseason experience. And they were like, okay, we're, we're a little bit of, uh, we're ahead of schedule here uh, a little bit. And that's when that Shapiro quote dropped where, I don't know what it was exactly, but he did allude to being uh, aggressive in the, this upcoming or this current free agents uh, signing. And there hasn't been anything. So if the Jays do not, and from all accounts, what it appears to be not going to do anything, it's worrisome. Right, like there's no way this uh, this team as is is making any significant uh, gain in in the playoffs. You we saw that in in Tampa, Jays literally got their ass handed to them uh, by Tampa. Was not even close, men versus boys. So it'll be interesting, right? Like, and I and I think Shapiro does have to answer to this. I think, and I get it. Like a lot of it may be out of his control. Um, the fact that they are offering it shows that they're trying, but like, Hey, you got to answer the bell here. Cause you were, uh, you were, you like, and when I say you, I'm referring to Shira, like you were very, very, very excited and there's now nothing to show for it. And as you mentioned, uh, pitchers and, and catchers report, uh, in, in close to uh, one month. So less than a month, less so, than a month. Sorry. Yeah. In my eyes, they have about three more chances to really kind of say, okay, here's a splash we're going to make, and that's Trevor Bauer, uh, JT Mimito, and George Springer. So if one of those Are three any guys... any of those, like, realistic candidates for, like, being a, tr- a Toronto Blue Jay, and out of the three, which one of them would be the most likely to uh, to come to Toronto, Jacob? The most likely, I think, um, at this point... Is still Springer because I know we're we're still in talks with him. Um, I haven't heard a lot about Rumuto, so I don't know because I heard a while ago we were like pretty close on the like on the front runner side for him. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. we're gonna get Bauer, but that guy is dragging out his free agency for YouTube views and Twitter hits, so that's gonna take a <laughs> Which while. Which is too. so smart. That's so smart. It is. It's it's a little annoying to be honest with you because like his agent has Twitter and that's pretty much how he releases his free agency news. Or he makes a vlog about it, but his his agent says the most like fluff statement you can say is like Trevor's meeting with teams and deciding between pros and cons for each one. He's really liking his talk so far. It, it gives you absolutely nothing, and it's so annoying. So I don't see Bauer signing with us, but Springer Romuto, I think there's still a chance, and I could be naive for saying that. But if we don't sign one of those three guys, Simon. Like I said earlier, my my panic level is going to be at a ten. Um, I'm going to start breaking things. Yeah, maybe I'll just, you know, stop watching baseball altogether. Quit. No longer play. Throw it all my medals. Throw it all my gloves. Throw it all my bats. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. You've got a you've got a couple participation. Yeah, and that's what I mean. In, like, in yeah, like best um, best bench player, best team support, best attitude, best attitude. Um, best, best snacks uh, brought to the like. game, stuff like that. So, Patty brings the orange slices, bro. Yeah, she does. You know what? 
helping out uh where she can i don't know jacob it's uh it's something to 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 watch right like i i know the message of yeah jays haven't done anything have have made an appearance on least on the like the last three episodes at least simon the thing is about this like they they were the ones that gave us these expectations it's not even like the jays like fans were just like oh now's our summer they were like we got some money let's spend it and everyone's like oh awesome and now their expectations get facts it's like your mom quiet. saying it's like your mom saying simon let's go out for dinner you can have whatever you want and then we get there and she's like have the salad and that's all you have or just she doesn't even show up yeah she doesn't even show up and she ends up just you know frying up some mushrooms and that's your dinner yeah yeah, facts. If the Jays just stayed quiet, we there would be nothing. No, and then they um, made a big deal. Everyone would be like, "Oh, awesome!" Like, yeah, yeah. it's you, there's almost no win now with this situation. It's like they sign a big guy. It's like, okay, that's what you said you do. And if they don't sign a big guy, everyone hates you, especially when you're the only one you signed. Yeah, Jacob, that's what I was about to say. Hey, at least we've got Shapiro for another uh, five years, thanks to uh, Blue Jays PR. Ah. Oh, All right, I, I guess that oh, brings oh, quick, us... quick, quick little last minute thing. Uh, big deal yeah. in the NBA this past week. James Harden from the Rockets to the Nets for a How ton did of picks. We almost forget about this. I don't know, but ton of picks went like four different teams made trades the Cavs, the Nets, the Pacers, the Rockets, all involved in trades. Guys like Karis Levert's now on the Pacers, Victor Oladipo now on the Rockets, and Jared Allen now on the Cavs. So Man, Brooklyn's putting it all in, eh? Well, I think Brooklyn was putting it all in even before. Yeah, that's true. The, but right, like is, Simon, they're giving up their future now. Like it's if they weren't all in oh, yeah, before, the Nets like, have is, no no future, right? They're like the Clippers um, now. They gave up all their picks. Take in just how, like how funny that whole just Clippers story is. I just laugh sometimes just on how high those expectations were last year. And, and well, you know, I, I don't want to get into that too. I just laugh every time, but no, um, Harden, Harden in, in a Nets uniform. He played, uh, his first game. Was it last night? Yep. Last night. Triple double. 32 good. points. Apparently I lost a lot of weight in 24 <laughs> hours. Uh, I don't know if that's a, like a smoothie thing, but, or if you know, yeah, a little Botox going on there. But it was like it was like when you're at the end of a really rocky relationship, Simon, and you just let yourself go completely, you know, and then you that's finally me. get back out into the dating world and you just clean it back up. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's me in April when yeah. the Leafs uh, get out in the playoffs. <laughs> I uh, now you're you're ready to be heard they, again. Yeah, you're back it, in yeah. shape. Find a new, find uh, happiness again. I find like a better team to cheer for when like a team, you know, teams make to the second round. No, Jacob, I know exactly that feeling. I'm like, oh, okay, this is uh, this is what uh, stability and normalcy feels like, and you know, constant disappointment. No, I- I'm happy for Harden. Uh, I know you are happy for Harden. I'm, I'm just, and... like, I didn't love the look he was kind of giving off as like a. Not like a saboteur, a but like someone yeah. who just didn't care. I didn't. That that kind of hurt his. Uh, it's a bad way to leave uh, Houston, especially since like how much of like a of a history like he has with he, the Rockets, right? Like, 
Yeah, like they both gave each other nice farewells. Like the Rock has posted a video. He posted a video. Nice little paragraph. Fans, of course, you know, you know the the keyboard keyboard warriors were in the were in the comments saying, uh, but like that last presser before the trade, (laughs) that was was rough. You knew a trade was coming like the next day because of that. Like, come on, man, you're not you're not taking questions. You're saying that this problem can't be fixed. Like, geez, he already he did take a couple shots already. Um, as a net, he said, uh, like talking about keen chemistry and he's like, um, it's a lot easier to have chemistry when the team is good. So relax a bit, James, just you're out now. Focus on the playoffs. Future. Get interesting now. Like playoffs. Um, oh, yeah. I, I just, think... I can't get my mind around a team having to prepare for Kevin Durant, James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Well, I don't think that compares to clay thompson katie and steph like that's just a different beast um, like what i'm saying is that's a it's a that, different like, type of game you're preparing that's for. what i'm saying that's what i'm saying then it's i think i think preparing for katie harden and Kyrie would be more difficult mm, that's a good question actually because it's just they're so different in how they play um Kyrie and harden are going to dribble the ball you know quite a few times whereas clay and steph are not going to dribble aggressively the ball yeah. So, but yeah, we're looking forward to how that how that story comes about. They play the Bucks Monday, so the day this comes out, we'll have some analysis on that next week. The NBA like figures it out because just games are getting postponed. Yep. Um, like they're trying to. Again, I, know I don't know. We, I, know I don't know how this, this is happening. Do we know like our players just going out? I think the militia? players are miserable, and I, and I like I think the players are miserable. Um, like they don't really look like they're having, having fun and like they were used to a a certain lifestyle, right? Like they were used to, uh, the clubs and, you know, chicken wings and, and, uh, and, uh, a lifestyle. And, you know, right now it's, you know, go to a, even nurse said something that was kind of a, a tone deaf comment where he said, you know, when we come to these cities, like no one's out. What? Yeah, of course no one's out. Like the COVID and then hat was on a little tight there. I don't know, or that he like his like guitar case hit him in the head. I don't know, but like my point being is like I don't think like I think players are going out. Um, yeah, I think yeah. players are are not really uh, and and I, like I get it, I get it, you know. Uh, lockdown fatigue is a real thing, but I think the players like got to ask themselves like, "Hey, do you want to f- do you want to finish this season or not?" Like, like is this at least they're not in a bubble? They can go home at night. Like that's, I know I'm not in that situation, but I'm just saying it's a lot better no. than when they were in the bubble. When I think, I think, based on the projections of what uh, what the states are going to look like in in the coming months like i i assume there will be a, a bubble somewhat format for the playoffs or, or or soon to be later later down the road um but i i don't think players are are, are listening too much and listen like it's it's like the game is now literally like just it's bones there's no fans there's no pregame there's no all of the the things that everyone enjoyed, not just players, but right now it is literally show up, 
warm up, put your mask on, keep your mask on until you are like in the game or out of the game and go home. And if you're on the road, go to your hotel room by yourself. That's tough. And listen, I'm not excusing that. I I think all things considered, NBA players are extremely lucky right now that they have the situation that they're in. I, I, I just think that like man there are like games are getting postponed like significantly and I'm so hurting my fantasy team so i mean and i'm i'm upset about well, how, that. that's that's what i was i was wondering. how does that uh how does that work like with like if like a game if a game gets postponed or like like does it just like let's say because i'm assuming it's like a weekly point matcher like how does how does that like work with like allocation and stuff does it just like so so for all like, the week it depends on your league. If your league has, um, so you have an, like an injured list where you can put guys who are like on like a 10 day injured list and more. Um, but usually if like a lot of leagues don't have it where you can like put a guy who's postponed a game who was out for the game for COVID like off. So they're, they're just like on the, on the, on your starting lineup still, but they're just not playing their games. Um, where, but some, but some leagues um, and you have a great convenor in your, in your hockey league where you can have an, um, IL plus, which is essentially saying if the guy's out has postponed game, you can put him on that for the game, pick up a player. So yeah, if you're lucky to have a good commissioner, um, yeah. Six pod sponsored. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jacob, send a, send us off here. Yeah. Well, have a good week. Thanks for everyone who listens again. We're really appreciating it. Please, you know, tell everyone you know about it and how good it is and, Uh, we'll be grateful but again if you've listened this far thanks again and uh, we'll talk to you later see you guys